This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. This is Mike Smith filling in for Simi as we continue talking about the breaking news today as BC moving to no-fault auto insurance. That was the big announcement this morning from Premier John Horgan. Also, Attorney General David Eby, who was just my guest a moment ago in the studio. Here is Eby from the news conference this morning, citing examples of two other provinces that have moved to no fault. Now, this might all sound too good to be true. An average 20% reduction in insurance rates and a 24 times increase in benefits. How is that possible? Well, the sad reality is that this reflects the overwhelming burden of legal costs and dramatically inflating court awards on our insurance system. These kinds of rates and these kinds of benefits are not a fantasy. They're the lived experience for many years of not one, but two different provinces with public insurers. One of these provinces applied for a rate decrease. The other has applied for 0% rate increases for many years. Their rates are low, stable, and their benefits exceptional. All right, Attorney General David Eby speaking this morning there. And as you heard him describe it, there is this does sound too good to be true in a lot of cases. He says they're going to dramatically increase the benefits that people receive if they're injured in a car accident. And meantime, they will reduce ICBC premiums on average by 20% next year. Let's check in now with one of the lawyers uh, who has uh, been an outspoken critic of no-fault insurance, Matthew Fahey. He's a lawyer with West Point Law Group. Matthew, thanks for coming in. Thank, thank you for inviting me on. Matthew, what's your response to what the government's doing here today? Uh, from a purely economic standpoint, there may be savings on premiums, but there's more mm-hmm. at stake um, in terms of compensation. And noteworthy, um, David Eby talked about two different provinces. I didn't hear the whole press conference, so I don't know which ones he was referring to. However, I do know when uh, David Eby was speaking of a dumpster fire last year, I was reviewing the Globe and Mail articles and following what's going on in Ontario. And in fact, there's a huge debate there, and the responsible ministers are saying the same things, that their system, which is pure no-fault and has been since 1986, is bankrupt, and they're drastically reducing the benefits paid to injured people. So there may be initial savings in terms of premiums that the uh, ratepayers are paying, but there's more to this than simply saving money. There's also compensating victims of negligence. Right. And the government's saying today, though, that they're going to increase compensation for people who are injured in crashes. Are you buying that? Not for one moment. Um, I'm nearly 30 years um, representing accident victims. And in theory, it's great to say we're increasing benefits and we're, we're going to be this uh, great socialist bureaucracy who's going to take care of everything. But the practical everyday reality is that that does not occur. Insurance adjusters um, are concerned about the bottom line, again, the economic perspective, instead of the taking care of people and rehabilitating people perspective. So in theory, yes. In practice, no, that does not occur. And the real problem with a no-fault scheme is if an injured party disagrees with the decision of the insurance company or adjuster, there's absolutely no ability to challenge that. Okay, I spoke earlier on the show today to Justina Lowe. She is the executive director of the Disability Alliance of BC. 
And I got to tell you that she, uh, Matthew, that she liked what she heard. She said that she likes this. She likes what she's seeing on these increased benefits for people who are injured in auto accidents, especially for people who suffer catastrophic injuries. And they'll be looking at dramatic increases in benefits. How do you fight back against something like that as a personal injury lawyer if you've got the the main organization that rec- represents victims saying this is good? Well, entitlement in law to benefits and actually receiving the benefits and being paid the benefits are two different issues. So you can put it in paper in all the regulations. Um, Whether or not you get it is a different matter. And if you don't get it, you've got no recourse in a in a um, in a no fault scheme. How we, you, we we have had yeah. uh, a, a modified no fault system since 1972 when Dave Barrett brought in um, the no fault benefits. Um, every person who's in an accident today has an, um, a right or entitlement to no fault benefits, plus the right to a tort claim and uh, to seek full compensation. Okay, the government has said that in your earlier point about if you don't like the settlement that you're offered, you don't have an opportunity to fight back. The, the government is saying that they, there is still an appeal a possibility to a civil tribunal or, or to this new fairness office that ICBC is setting up. Do you think that's adequate? Not at all, and good luck with that. Um, the Supreme Court of Canada has made it completely clear that there is very limited grounds for appeal from any administrative tribunal in this country. Speaking to Matthew Fahey, he is a lawyer with the West Point Law Group. What do you think this will mean for people who are injured in auto accidents, your clients? Well, um, you will not be adequately compensated. Uh, You're at that risk. It puts um, future drivers who are injured through the negligence of others at risk and with no recourse if you don't uh, agree or if ICBC is being unfair to you. Um, there's absolutely no recourse. I mean, I, I, that's sort of overstating the point because there is that very limited appeal from the administrative tribunal to judicial review. But who's going to be able well, to pay for? Who's going to be able to pay for that? How can you say though that the benefits are going to be inadequate for people who are injured when the government is saying we're dramatically increasing the benefits, including a maximum limit of seven point five million dollars? for medical and rehabilitation for people who suffer catastrophic injuries. I mean, that's a Okay, lot. well, let, let's talk about that. We yeah. had um, TTD, weekly indemnity pay, payments. Um, I think the number was $300 a week, max $1,200 a month. Um, last year, when they changed, they increased that, I think, to $750 a week. Well, if you're earning $5,000 a week, how does $750 uh, cover your mortgage payments and take care of your well, family? Well, the government also saying today you can, you'll have an option to buy increased uh, coverage for income replacement <clears throat> coverage if you want it, if you're a high income earner. Well, absolutely. You've always had that option, but where's the savings there? You've got your basic insurance well, for $2,000 or whatever, and now they're saying go buy insurance I, from, I, an, I, from another company for another $1,000. You, your coverage has just gone up. I guess the savings are going to come from they don't have to pay you guys anymore, right? I mean, what's, what is this going to do to your business? Well, Mike, I think you've just fallen prey to the straw man, lawyer is the problem argument. Um, ask yourself, why is it that David Eby and the NDP wants to take lawyers out of the equation? Well, that's simply so ICBC can have their way with the driving public when they're injured. How can you guys fight this? Do you, th- do you see any legal vulnerability here where you can maybe fight this in court and have it overturned? I do not. Um, yeah. Quebec brought the system in in the 60s, Ontario in the 70s, and there may well be, depending on what the legislation, how it reads, 
Uh, how it's fought, I think, is at the polls. This, uh, I think the change, I didn't listen to the, uh, to the press conference today. I was in a meeting. But I think the um, May 1, 2021 is when um, all, all the rights of uh, anyone who's injured in an accident are basically dispensed with. Um, so two months later, there's an election, and that would be the way to fight it, I would think. Okay, I got a feeling the government thinks this is going to be a, a good vote driver for them in the in an election, especially if they cut people's auto insurance rates by twenty percent. <clears throat> well, that that may be because the government, with bringing in pure no fault, is basically um, limiting the rights of an unknown cohort. Um, this is this is the problem in this debate: is no one expects to be in an accident, so and it's a minority of people who are, and those are the people who are really going to suffer under a system like this. So it looks attractive, and it's a great sales pitch. We're going to bring down rates. Uh, Saskatchewan, I don't know the examples of the provinces you maybe used this morning, but maybe Saskatchewan and Manitoba, they're paying less. Yes, he used those but, examples, yeah. But yeah, uh, we'll be tied if you're in an accident, if you're in that minority and you're in the pure no-fault system. Matthew, thanks for coming in. Thank you for having me.